And that's Jaren Cacophony tells you that you're listening to another episode of The Power of Three, except there's only two of us today. One of those people is myself, Kenny Smith, and the other... The other is me. Hello again, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. It's me, David Steele. I find it quite a soothing and pleasant cacophony now, to be honest. It is. I think it's that wonderful version <laughs> of the Capaldi theme that helps. I've become so used to it. We should maybe perhaps, um, without telling our colleague, re-edit it and throw in the season 24 version of the theme as well. <laughs> Just to mix it up. That could yeah, be funny. Pull that up in the mix and make it the main part. You'd love it. You'd <laughs> love it. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, listeners. And we're going to be talking about... Dave, tell everybody. Well, a few months ago, Kenny and I did a couple of episodes where we, you know, with varying levels of... of um, preparation <laughs> we we ran through the virgin doctor who new adventures and the virgin doctor who missing adventures and we kind of thought you know that was that was fun to do shall we do the bbc books as well and we thought yes we shall so we're doing first of all we're doing the previous doctor's adventures and then if this goes well we might do the eight doctor books as well but we're going to do it in two halves we're not going to attempt to get through all 74 books in one episode we're going to do the first 37 in this episode and then the next one We'll do the next 37. Isn't that right, Ken? That sounds good to me. But of course, we may have some people who don't actually know what these past Doctor adventures are. So yes. I've got uh, courtesy of our friends at TARDISFANDOM.COM forward slash wiki forward slash BBC underscore past underscore Doctor underscore adventures. I'm going to tell <laughs> you all about them. The BBC past Doctor adventures was a series of paperback novel releases by BBC Books launched in 1997 in conjunction with its eighth Doctor Adventures line. The line featured new adventures from the first seven Doctors, with the exception of two releases, The Face of the Enemy, featuring the Master, and one of the last novels, Fear Itself, which was the only PDA with the eighth Doctor in a lead role, acknowledging the coming of the ninth Doctor on television. All well and good so far. But of course, this is where things start to go very TARDISFANDOM.COM. The past Doctor... Adventures novels were released on a regular schedule by BBC Books, monthly from the range's launch in June 1997 until August 2002, and bi-monthly from September 2002 until the series' end. There were only three exceptions in the line's otherwise regular release schedule. November 98, when The Infinity Doctors was published in the PDA release slot, despite not being classified as such by BBC Books. August 1999, when both volumes of the multi-Doctor novel Interference were published. And September 2004, when Scream of the Shalka, a novelisation of the webcast of the same name, was released, pushing back the next PDA into March. Both the PDA and EDA lines ended in late 2005, when BBC Books decided to focus its publishing ventures on books related to the revived TV series. However, there have been numerous blah, blah, blah. Yes, right, that's it. Done. That's all you need to know. They've reprinted a few of them. I, said, I, want, I want to say recently, but it's been yonks now, because I know they reprinted a couple at the 50th anniversary, and then they did monster collections and the historical sort of collection and stuff. Um, I bought all of those as well, obviously. Because you know, you're not I have a shelf fan if you them. don't. Well, that's it. I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, I mean, I suppose by any by this standard, I'm not a true fan because I don't have a full set of the of the, the previous adventures, as I've said, and I haven't even, as I've also probably said, I haven't read them all. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try, as you know, I said at the top, we're going to try and rattle through these. I have mine arranged in Doctor order, but Kenny's got the publication order, so we'll see how we go. We're just basically going to try and quick fire it through it and sort of say if we've read it, what we remember about it, that sort of thing, but concisely and quickly. <laughs> 
he's not even it's so useful on audio podcast. <laughs> I actually got the first two BBC books, which were The Eight Doctors by Terence Dix, and the first one we'll talk about here, The Devil Goblins from Neptune, as right. as review copies from the BBC, because right. I actually quite oh, fancied right. them, and I got them actually before the dying days had come right. out. They were, I actually had these sent to me. I was taken straight away by the covers and the fact that they felt really lovely and shiny and plasticky compared to how the novels from Virgin had been. And that was my first impression. It was like, ooh, shiny covers. Yes. Yeah, the binding and, and the style was very different. Obviously a different kind of sort of waxed sort of cardstock that they were using and the sort of same, um, it was a nice sort of synergy with what they were doing with the VHS releases because the, the covers for the novels initially and the VHS releases at that time were all quite similar. They all that kind of similar sort of spiral background and a few discrete images dropped in. Yeah, that's right. They re- there was a big there was a big sort of marketing push on it. I remember one of my pals in Forbidden Planet giving me a pile of bump that they'd got. It was branded um, Doctor Who: The Regeneration. So I remember wearing a T-shirt to the one of the days at the Scarrison Convention in 1997. I remember wearing that. Got some photographs from that, that day actually. Which, were, you, were you at the convention? I don't remember. You I was indeed. I was, one, both, I was at both of them. Yeah. I remember speaking to the first one, but I can't remember. Like, I can't remember the second one. I need to have a look. I need to have a scour through my photographs to see if I can spot you. But oh, yeah, you're yes. right. I remember there was a there was a certain buzz about the. Um, I mean, this is what we're, this is this is what it was like for Doctor Who fans at this point in the nineties. We were actually excited about the fact that the paper and the covers did feel a bit different. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. Never mind nowadays with your booty box sets and your, you know, New Year's Day specials. We had we we had to make do with shiny paper. Honestly, happy days. So, Dave. Devil Gone from Neptune. Yes, Third Doctor with Liz, the Brigadier Yates and Benton, and it features Liz Shaw leaving again. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah because I'm sure she'd left in two of the Virgin books and here she left once again. I mean, for me, when I read it at the time, I thought, oh. It feels exactly like a virgin. It just feels like Virgin Books. There's nothing different really about this whatsoever. It's very much in the style of season seven, and it's just the title was slightly more over the top than you would expect from your standard Pertwee story. Yes, era title of the time. Yeah. Have you have you read this one? It's quite lurid, isn't it? I don't know if we said it. it's by Keith Topping and Martin Day. And no, I haven't read The Devil Gardens from Neptune. I do have one, but I haven't read it. There we yeah. go. That's a good start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, what's next? Interesting. Next up is The Murder Game by Steve Lyons, the wonderful Steve Lyons, uh-huh. which is the second Doctor story with Ben and Polly and it introduces the shark-like Salations. Ah, this one, Dave. Salations have popped up in a couple of big finished stories, haven't they? They have indeed. I own a copy. I remember buying it in a weekend, one weekend in September, run about September 97, when... Waterstones on Argyle Street was having a 20% off everything day. And I bought this and I haven't read it. I did start it. I remember making a start on it, but I didn't finish it for whatever reason at the time. I didn't get very far. Set obviously between Power of the Daleks and the Highlanders because Jamie hasn't arrived yet. I believe there's a bit the doctor is dressed up in drag. Um yep. you know, tying in with it. Kenny's naughty again. Yes. <laughs> tying in with the um with the, the, the second doctor's early sort of um Paul Sean for dressing up. So I did start it, but I didn't. But I didn't finish. There we go. Did you read it? Yeah, <clears throat> I did. And the thing that I most remember about it are a the salation's been great, and b that um, it's quite nice because it still has been mistrustful of the Doctor. So it sort of uh-huh. carries on that thing, and that's pretty much all that I remember about it. I'm afraid. 
I'm a big fan of that whole um thing with Ben because it does kind of continue. And that's why I think he's so easy easy prey for the macro in the macro terror because he's he's a bit you know he doesn't he got on well with the old man and he's not sure of this new guy. Yeah, that's fantastic. That maybe makes me that makes me want to actually maybe give it another shot. I will say that about a lot of these books. I think. Yeah. Right. So what's after the murder game? Well, I should point out, Dave, there are no oh, such sorry. thing as macro. Yes. <laughs> Moving on, we have The Ultimate Treasure by Christopher Bulis, a Fifth Doctor book with Perry in it. What do I remember about this one? Um, I think there's a guy in it who had appeared in a previous Christopher Bulis novel and he was some sort of game show host or some sort of larger-than-life media-type personality. And I remember okay. nothing else. Um, I haven't read it, so there we are. What's okay. next after that? <laughs> Next is Business Unusual by Gary Russell, which features Mel ah. and the Brigadier. Yes. Have you read that one? I have read that one. And I Good. remember nothing. I'm just, I'm racking my well, brain. I, uh, I have it. My, my copy, I got my copy signed by Gary Russell. Oh, good old Gary. He's um, at at one, of the, the one of the Panopticons, either, which I'm, I'm guessing it. I was reading it at the time it was out. So if it was, when was it published? Was it published in 97? This was released in, I think it was about August, or no, it was September 97. Yeah, uh, because that's when, that's when the convention was. That was the convention, that the first time I met Peter Davison was at that convention. And I was reading it, and the thing that always sticks in my head, um, it was very obvious that Gary, like myself, was annoyed at the way Colin Baker was treating TV and saw the potential and more stories with the Doctor and Melanie and just wrote them a very good story. The thing I always remember is the Doctor in the sort of fast, there's a scene I always remember, the Doctor in the fast food restaurant. I could, in my mind's eye, I, could, I can remember laughing because I could picture Colin Baker playing it, you know, being so, his, his disdain at this, you know, spotty youth in this, you know, fast food place that he was having to deal with. But I remember it, I remember enjoying it very much, yeah. I awesome. do remember it. It's the one that introduces Mel properly. I remember it now. Yeah. There's, I think there's something yeah. like uh, Seninet. That's the name. There's like an evil computer company or something and Mel helps foil yeah. them. That's it. Yeah. Yes, I do remember. Good. Well, Good. the next one in this list is number book right. number five is our first seventh doctor story when he's a previous doctor it's illegal alien by mike tucker and robert perry which is the seventh doctor and ace and it features the cybermen through the frosted glass of his front door he could see figures moving hear low voices taking a deep breath mcbride took a good grip on the gun with both hands and kicked open the door a little man in a dark jacket and a lurid sweater was sitting in the swivel chair behind his desk, pointing out London landmarks to a teenage girl wearing a T-shirt that was far too short and trousers that were far too tight to be decent. As the door crashed open, the man swung in the chair and raised his hat. Good evening, Mr McBride. I'm the Doctor, and this is my friend Ace. Have you read this one? It's, yes, I have read this one. I don't believe I read it at the time. I think I read it a little while later, because I have a memory of maybe during 1998, maybe into 1999, reading a few of them. Because I remember my memory of when we, we'll, I'll talk more about this when, um, when we, if we do the Eighth Doctor books. But I have a real clear memory of reading the Eight Doctors whilst I was in um, Disneyland Paris, and that was August 1998. You're in Disneyland, put the book down. No, so I, I believe that I would have read Illegal Alien round about then. I don't remember very much about it. I remember that I enjoyed it very much. Yes. Seventh yeah. Doctor and Ace and the Cybermen during World War II, pretty much, isn't it? 
Yep, and it's but it's there's some notable differences because Ace's surname is given as Gale rather than McShane as it had been in the New ah. Adventures, and it's very much this is the first proper delineation between the Virgin books and BBC books, and yes. it's quite interesting that because it and it also implies that Ace is going to die at some point in it as well, from what I recall. So what's next after that? The next book is another second Doctor book. It's The Roundheads by Mark Gatiss, which has got Ben, Polly and Jamie. And I can tell you that I remember reading this and loving it. I read this in one sitting. I, I just, I just really? fell in love with it. I think I got it on the Friday and uh, started it on the Saturday morning. And I don't think I did anything. And I just sat and read it in one go. It was an absolute pleasure to devour a proper historical story, beautifully written, larger than life characters. And I love it. I own a copy. It's pristine. Well, there's a bit of a crease in the back. As I say, it's pristine. It's not. But I haven't read it, and I've got the reprint in the from the historical sort of reprint range, which they did about four or five years ago now, maybe a bit longer. Um, so I own it twice, and I haven't read it, which is really really bad. I own it oh, twice. Well. I've got the original edition, and I've got the talking book version read by Annika Wills. Yeah. Shall we listen to a little excerpt of it, Dave, and hear how the lovely Annika? Hey, Kenny, that's a brilliant idea. Annika, over to you. There were many things a passerby might expect to find in such a place. A seedy gaming house, perhaps, or a den of thieves. Beggars might cluster in its shadows, and dogs find a rough meal of greasy bones in the litter-fouled snowdrifts. But there was one thing no one could rightly expect to find. The rectangular, blue shape of a 20th century police box was nevertheless there materialising out of thin air with a strangulated grating whine. The light on the top of the police box stopped flashing and the unexpected arrival stood there in the diffuse morning light. Snowflakes collecting in the recesses of its panelled doors. A sharp wind blew up, almost disguising the fact that this battered blue box was humming with power. No one passed by to inquire what was amiss, and so the TARDIS remained unmolested. Well, thanks, Annika. That wasn't too much of a challenge, I hope. Right. Next book. Yeah, the next book, yes. Enemy by David A. McEntee, which, as we um, heard earlier from TARDIS fandom, it's unique because it doesn't have the Doctor in it. Yeah, so where's the Doctor when this is taking place, then? Yeah, well, the Doctor and Joe have headed off in their travels, the Master shows up and they basically end up in the Inferno universe where there's Ian and Barbara. But the Master's front and centre, so if you're a fan of the Master, then this is probably the book for you. I'm not the greatest Master fan. Sorry. Um, so according to the back of Face of the Enemy, um, featuring the Master unit plus Ian and Barbara, this adventure takes place between the TV stories Day of the Daleks and the Sea Devils and, ah, and is concurrent with the curse of Peladon. I see. So while Johnsy and Katie are off in Peladon, this is what's going on. Now, Ian and Barbara turning up, would you say, I mean, that's, that's the sort of thing that the, be, the Virgin New, New and Missing Adventures didn't do that often. Was BBC Books method the same, or did they really did they go in for a bit more of that continuity type stuff? I think they, they were quite happy to go with it. It's, it's, not, it's not the first time that Ian and Barbara show up in these books as... Right. Um, and you know, and, and other previous characters or from previous eras will show up in you know then you know like Fifth Doctor books, but we'll come to that shortly. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Okay. It is a precedent. We've got older characters meeting up with 
ones from later times. Yeah, interesting. So no, I haven't read that. Oh well. Okay. The next what, one is what, Eye of Heaven by Jim Mortimer, which is a fourth Doctor and Leela book. And all I really remember is it's got Easter Island heads in it. I've got this one and I haven't read it. I have a memory of a few years ago, actually, because it probably might have been around about the time that those historical reprints were coming out, actually. I picked up a few more. I, I was full of intentions to read a few more of the BBC books, and I picked up quite a few of the ones I didn't have. And I actually did read a couple, but I'll, I'll, I'll see what they were when we get to them. And I have a feeling that I have heaven is one that I, that I didn't buy at the time, but I've bought since. I'm quite fascinated by Easter Island. I remember as a kid a story about it, and I think in a Sparky annual or something. And I've got a few comic covers that have, um, you know, that I've, that I've got, especially because they have the Easter Island statues coming to life on them. I've got an issue of Thor when he's fighting them, an issue of superpowers with Dr. Fate and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman are having a bit of trouble. I've, I think I've even got a Donald Duck comic with, the, with um, Kerry's probably a great face now, listeners, when they're, they're having a bit of trouble with the, the statues from Easter Island. Yeah, I'm all about them, quite frankly. Right, if we don't remember much about that one, we'd better see what's next. Yep. Next is one that I do remember. It's another one from Steve Lyons. It's The Witch Hunter's first Doctor novel with Susan, Ian and Barbara at the time of the Salem Witch Trials, which is, and I, this, I think this is quite regularly held up as being one of the best by the fans. I, re, I remember it quite vividly. I think this is one that I read in a very short space of time and it's and it's deservedly was given a, a reprint later on, and again, a talking book version, which was right. narrated by David Collings. Oh, that's interesting. And it sounds like this. Here we go again, said Ian Chesterton dryly as he stared up at the scanner screen. What does it mean, Doctor? There's nothing out there, exclaimed Susan. Or perhaps it's just too dark to see anything suggested Barbara Wright more levelly. She took a step closer and inspected the shifting black patterns, straining to make out an outline. The doctor shook his head, seeming irritated by their ill-informed speculation. No, no, my dear, the ship would show us something at least, if that were the case. My guess is this is just a small malfunction. Ian raised an eyebrow. Another one... Now, Chesterton, as you know full well, my TARDIS is a complex piece of machinery. Even so, said Ian, following the doctor into a familiar alcove, you seem to spend more time at this fault locator than at the main controls. If it's not the fast return switch, it's the fluid links. And that chameleon thing hasn't worked since we came on board. If you can do nothing except complain... But Ian does have a point, Doctor, said Barbara. How do we even know we're safe in here, never mind if there's a chance of our ever getting home? There you go again, with your endless talk of home. Do you know, I find it quite incredible that with all the wonders I can show you, you would limit yourselves to one place and time. Incredible. What a beautiful voice, isn't it, Dave? Poor David Collins. Beautiful I like David voice. Collins. Um, yeah, I've got the, I've got that's another one. I've got the reprint in, in historical little range, and I've got the original, but I haven't read it, <gasps> which is <sighs> terrible. Because I love the first Doctor, and I love historical stories. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll, I will, maybe I'll attempt to read some of these. 
What's next after the witch hunt? Next is another Seventh Doctor and Ace book. It's The Hollow Men by Martin Day and ah. Keith Topping. I really love. I mean, right. I really love their writing. And the only thing I remember about this one is that it is it's basically a sequel to The Awakening. It's got mentioned Little Hodcomb, and I think there's like another malice-like creature which animates scarecrows. Right now, I have I have read this one. This is another one that I would have read in the aforementioned period, sort of late 98, early 1999. I do remember reading this one, but I remember nothing about it at all. I have ve very, I'm not even going to embarrass myself with saying what, how vague they are, but I have a couple of very vague... Do you ever do a thing when you read books, Kenny, and you cast people you know as the characters? Yes, I, either celebrities or people who I know, yep. Yeah, I have a vague memory of who I cast as one of the characters in this book. But I can't remember the specifics about the character, but I can remember the person who I cast. Now, that's Kenny's doing a great face over the Zoom call, listeners. He's, he looks utterly appalled. So I'm, I'm not going to embarrass either myself or the person who I remember, but I, can't, I remember casting someone who was very important to me at a particular point as a character in that book. So make of that what you will. Right, what's next? Is that the book with all the strippers in it? <laughs> no, it's not. Next is Catastrophea by Terence Dix, which is a third Doctor ah. story with Joe and the Draconians. No, I do not have that one. I do not have that one. That's a, that's a gap. Did you, have you read that? I have read it, but I just remember the planet's called Catastrophea, and that's me out, I'm afraid. I remember nothing more about right. it. Gosh. We should probably tell the listeners at this point, one of the rules is that we there's no cheating in this. We take, we're talking about it, the ones that have st stuck with us over the years, and we're, we're telling you exactly how it is. There's no cheating and researching and Googling and nope. seeing what plot details nope. you remember. This is very much what do you remember about it from some 20-odd years on. Yep. Scary, I mean, like 23 were, years. Where were you? Where were you sort of the 1997-98 sort of period? Where were you I, when, when the books were starting and then when they were bedding well, I was working at the School Ride News and having a great time going through to the Edinburgh Doctor Who group a lot as my then girlfriend right. was in the Edinburgh Doctor Who group. And yeah, generally it was, um, life was quite a happy place. I had my purple cool. car, which was known as the Purple Warrior. It was a Nissan Micra N971 MNS. I thought you'd call something else your Purple Warrior. My jacket. I had a purple coat at the time as well. <laughs> Yes, I think, I think I remember your, your purple jacket. Quite. What about you, Dave? Where were you at this time? Well, 97, when the books the book started, and that, I remember getting that, as I say, that convention that I mentioned was, the convention that I mentioned was <laughs> tail end of May. But I was kind of, I was in a bit of a limbo at the time because I'd finished Abbey National at the end of March and I didn't start with Clyde Action until the middle of June. So I was kind of a bit of a nobody in between times. But by the end of 98 start of 99 when I was reading some of these books was when I'd started working at HMB so it was quite a good couple of years there's an awful lot going on I I was very happy I'll, I'll leave it at that it was a good time yeah so what's next after that next is Mission Impractical by David A. McEntee which is a sixth Doctor novel featuring Frobisher, Glitz and Dibber ah I don't have that one I remember seeing the cover on the shelf and scoffing at it <laughs> and going i'm not reading that because that that just um yeah really i mean these we talked about these spiral covers and stuff they abandoned them after a while and went you know the, the, that kind of uniform look but i remember seeing that one the cover they should sit they say you should never judge a book by its cover but the cover to mission impractical i just thought it looked terrible it was just a a slap together you know a couple of 
publicity shots with a, a coloured, you know, vortex stuck over. Will that do? Yeah, what time do you need this for? Quarter past three, what time's it now? Half one. Right, give me a give me a minute, you know, that sort of thing. Thought it was that put me off. Is that one that you'd read? It's one that I've read, yep. It's the cover you're referring to, in case those our, our listeners haven't aren't aware of it, it's a, one of those nice big swirls with Sabalong Glitz's head floating in a vortex and two ogrons. What do you remember about it? Dibber dies, and um, that's pretty much it. Right. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Oh, well. It's only 23 years old, this book, so yeah. sorry. Next up is Zeta Major by Simon Messingham, who wrote this no. new adventure, Strange England, uh, which is a fifth Doctor, Tegan, in this story, and it features the anti-matter monster, try saying that after a few pints, from Planet of Evil, and it's set on Zeta yes. Major, and there's something about using it as a power source, the anti-matter monster, and then I'm gone. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember reading. I own this one. I haven't read it. I bought it the same day that I bought the murder game. I remember this, these are the two that I bought the same day. I seem to remember reading a review which it talked about how they felt that the author had done a really good job of extrapolating an awful lot of stuff from the TV episode Planet of Evil, and you know, using that as the basis for for um for Zeta Major because Zeta Major is obviously where. Prentice Hancock and all of those lads from Planet of Evil, that's where they're from, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So I haven't read this one. I can't so I can't really add very much more to that. But there's a nice picture of Peter Davison from Morgan Undead on the cover. So that's quite good. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yep. Hashtag Davison here, Envy. Yep. Next right. is one by Justin Richards, so you're guaranteed to get a good solid read. And it's Dreams of Empire, second Doctor novel with Jamie and Victoria. And I remember this one being very cleverly plotted. And it was, I think it's, it's quite a lot of chess motifs and things in there. And it's, right. and I just, I just remember this one. It's been really, really clever and enjoying it. And I was thinking this is one of the first books that actually got the character of the second doctor. It felt right and bang on because right. quite often it can be very hit and miss given that so much of his portrayal is physical. And in this one, I think Justin mm. Richards very much got that across yeah i mean it's, it's the thing it's a point i've often made is that um there's an inconsistency to what Troughton does and it's obviously a big part of that is um him trying to keep himself interested across the three years that he's doing it so he's not just phoning in the same thing that he does every week i remember when i did my big watch through being really aware of that to an extent i hadn't been before when i watched his stories because if you compare them compare the guy you get in Three Doctors to say the guy you get in Evil of the Daleks and they're completely different people. You compare the guy you get in Abominable Snowmen to the guy you get in The Invasion and again they're very very different. So it's um it's good that if, if you know as you say if Justin was able to capture that sort of that slippery quality. I have it's a very battered copy you can, you'll be able to see over the over the zoom screen I'm sure. Um, yeah. Very battered copy I have been through the wars but I haven't read it so there we go I can put that onto the shelf after Zeta Major what's next Kenneth our next one Dave is Last Man Running by Chris Boucher which has got Leela in it uh-huh. which obviously is one of note at the time because you're thinking oh it's Chris Boucher he wrote for the TV series and here he is writing more Leela adventures having written her first two stories oh. in the face of evil and robots of death and yeah. I remember nothing about this at all. I think maybe his Leela in some sort of reality sort of game show type thing where she is 
right. on the run. But generally, it's mm-hmm. just, whoosh, I'm afraid that it's gone. <laughs> nope, I don't have that one, so I can't contribute a thing either. Not to worry. Next is Matrix by Mike Tucker and Robert Perry, which has got Ace, the Valyard, Barbara and Ian. Goodness me. Right, I have a copy of Matrix. Oh, here's an interesting thing. I was a te- I, it looks like um, I was about to say, I remember starting this one and not finishing it. And I find as I flick through the pages that there is a zone card ticket due to expire on the 5th of August, 2000. So there you go. That's an idea of when I was attempting to read this one. So I have a feeling I was still, this was around about the time I was in the process of buying my flats. So I was still commuting from Paisley into Glasgow. So um, three zones for, um, is that a month? Is that four weeks? Yeah. Three zones for four weeks was £53 21 years ago. I'm not sure how that compares nowadays. If we have any listeners in West Central Scotland who buy zone cards and use them, perhaps they could let us know. So I got, as far, according to this, I got as far as page 98. Mm. There we are. Doesn't the Valyard turn up or something? The Valyard is in this. I think he's known throughout as the Ripper. I think he's basically Jack the Ripper in this one. And is going ah. around murdering people as well as you would if you're Jack the Ripper. Um, there's so. there's a good word for all our listeners there from the, from the west of Scotland, murder. <laughs> if um, if Becca is listening, and I'm sure she will be as always, there's your favourite word from a Scottish voice, murder. Oh, I'd better say it as well then, murder. This book was obviously murder because I couldn't finish it. <laughs> Anyway, wait, what's next up? Next, we've got another First Doctor book, which is Salvation by Steve Lyons with Stephen and Dodo. Now, I remember quite a lot about this one because I enjoyed it and reread it because it sort of ties in with literally explains why Dodo is on the run and why she needs to get to the police Ah. or the end of the massacre. So it builds up the backstory to that. And then they travel in the TARDIS, explains by her accents all over the place because she's come from, I think she's got she's got middle-class parents who have died, but she's staying with her working-class aunt. So she's got to put on a working-class accent. And it's that's why it's all over the place. It's either it's one that or one or the other way around. See, I own a copy of this one. I have a feeling this might have been one of the ones that I acquired comparatively recently. I don't think I bought it back in the day, but I haven't read it. That's very interesting what you're saying about it tying into the tail end of the massacre that intrigues me and makes me want to maybe give it a shot hmm. i'd recommend so it they I, end, I, up, they end yeah. up in new york and there's um i think there's pretend gods show up as well okay. and uh, i i really enjoyed it i think it's a it's a goodie cool so what's next after the next after one is the wages of sin by that david a mcintyre again which is a third ah, doctor story yeah. and it features Joe and Liz, which was quite interesting at the time. Right. Yes, well, I've got a copy of that one. Um, this is obviously not one that I bought at the time because it looks like the cover's been sort of laminated in some way. Yeah, it says featuring the third doctor, Liz and Joe, this adventure takes place between the three doctors and Carnival of Monsters. Yeah, it's weird that um, I think I've expressed this opinion before that it would have been quite nice if Caroline John had popped up again during the exile sort of years just for a, a story or a few episodes. It, it, perhaps, you know, if she'd come back for three doctors or that sort of thing. So um, this looks on the cover. Is that supposed to be Rasputin? It is Rasputin. Is that a spoiler? No. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> have you read this one? I have read this one, and this is actually my favourite book that David did. It's, oh, right. I really enjoyed it. I think it's... Some people have said sometimes David does too much research and rams it down your throat, but I think in this case, 
it's actually really nicely done. And the reason for Liz coming back, it's actually, it's really nicely, it's, it's well done. It doesn't feel gratuitous. Yeah. And it's, as you said, it actually feels like it could have worked. Liz coming back and meeting yeah. Joe yeah. and having that trip in the TARDIS. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You think it would, it would have been so nice to have Caroline face up against the master at some point, you know, and being a bit tough for him and all that sort of thing. So, um, so shapes the sort of thing I can imagine now that we've said that, I can imagine BF doing it and working out quite well nowadays. That could be quite interesting. So, right, what's after What's after that? The novel that follows this one is Deep Blue by Mark Morris, which is a fifth ah. Doctor story with Tegan and Turlow, but it also features the Brigadier Yates and Benton. It does, yes. Have you read this one? I have read this one. Have you read it? Yes, I remember reading this one. I have very clear memories of when I read this one because I read it as a you know a massive, massive fan of Peter Davison. He was probably my favourite Doctor again at this point because it was comparatively soon after I'd met him for the first time. I remember reading this one when one of when my my sister went to university in Aberdeen. She departed in September ninety seven and came back in the summer of two thousand and one. And I only actually I think went up to visit her and stay with her. I think only actually once. Now I think about it, I only managed once. And this is the book I was reading at the time. I was reading this when The Curse of Fatal Death went out, which was the, the Doctor Who comedy thing written by, by that Stephen Moffat that went out on the BBC's Comic Relief sort of charity telephone night in March 1999. So yeah, I was reading this around about the time I, I, I turned 26. So there we are. Yeah, it's killer fish basically, isn't it? Yeah, I remember it. I remember it quite well. I remember, um, I vaguely remember the... um. Is there some sort of get out for why the Brig doesn't remember the Fifth Doctor at the end or something? Am I missed? I don't know if I'm. Yep. There's. I think yeah. there's some. There's, I can't remember if it's there's something in the water or something, but there yeah. is there is a valid reason as to why they don't remember. But I thought it was quite a nice idea at the time, where you've got an yeah. out of time Doctor meeting the unit team again, because it was a it was a it was a different idea back then, yeah. and it hadn't been mm. done. And obviously Big Finish did something similar years later with the Locum Doctors when the Seventh yeah. Doctor met Joe. That's right. And they're about to do, I believe something's going to, very similar's going to happen in the next Stranded box set, which may well have come out by the time we this episode comes out. We shall have Written to by no, I mean, Roy Gill, yeah, good friend of the, the um, podcast. It's the Fifth Doctor, Tegan and Tarlow, with the 70s unit team as they were in the 70s. That's right, yeah. So we've probably spent more time talking about, about Deep Blue than any other deep blue almost the name of a step single yes ah, right. and uh, there's nothing i can do <laughs> but dave you're so I far remember, you're so far away I, I still remember most of the moves to deeper shade of blue so there we go let's draw a line under that one i'm doing them right now listeners so there's nothing i can do so far away so far away so yeah maybe we'll kenny and i'll put this episode on youtube and you can watch us Listeners doing the moves to Deeper Shade of Blue by Steps. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Right, what's the, after Deep Blue? The next one is Players by Terence Dix, which features ah, Six yes. and Second Doctors yes, with Perry yes, and yes. introduces the players. Now, um, this one, I think I vaguely remember some things about this, that I think the Second Doctor shows up and meets Churchill in a flashback. And the nice thing is that everything we've seen with Churchill since then on TV actually it doesn't say that this is impossible to have happened so it's got the sixth doctor mm. meeting churchill and the second doctor meeting churchill and it doesn't matter 
that um, you know the TV series has come since. There's nothing to contradict yeah. it, and I don't remember Good. much about the players, to be honest. It's one that I didn't read at the time, and I remember when I was reading the Eighth Doctor books, and they vaguely tied into it that I skipped one of them. Is it Endgame? I think yep. it was called. Could be wrong. You know, decades before the Avengers. When I, I mentioned earlier on how I read a few of them, you know, comparatively recently, about four or five years ago, I remember I read Players for the first time and read Endgame for the first time and read another one of the books that ties into them as well, which we'll get to eventually, uh, run about the same time. So, but the copy of Players I read was from the, the 50th anniversary reprint when they did a book, they reprinted a book for each doctor. So I don't have the BBC Books original paperback, but I have the reprint and that's where I read it from. So what do I remember about it? Not too much. Basically, the players, they're sort of, um, they're a bit like the Eternals from Enlightenment, I seem to remember. And they're just sort of literally playing at war. Does it tie into the war games as well? I can't remember. That's terrible. It was only about four years ago that I read it as well. <gasps> but yeah, I remember liking it. Terence, Terence knows Doctor Who inside out and back to front. He understood it almost better than anyone. So um, as a Doctor Who book written by Terence Dix, it's pretty much faultless, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so what's next? The next oh, one is Millennium Shock by Justin Richards, a fourth Doctor book with Harry. And of course, any attempts to delineate between the Virgin books and BBC books are kind of smashed to bits here because <laughs> this is a direct sequel to System Shock, the yes. fourth Doctor book with Sarah Jane as it's got the return of Varactyl, if I remember correctly, is the name of the, the alien virus. And of course, this one was pretty appropriate at the time as it came out in May 1999, um, just when we're all starting to worry about the millennium bug and that all the nuclear weapons and things in the world would be set off because the clocks would go to zero and we all thought we were going to die. Yeah, I haven't read Millennium Shock, which is insane because I was a huge fan of System Shock. I read that when I came out. I think I talked about that at the time when we did our, when we went through the Missing missing Adventures, the Virgin books. Um, It's interesting, actually, because I realised they're, halfway through our little conversation, that um, my copy of Millennium Shock was not amongst the other books. It was in the pile of books that I'm using to support my phone on for the for the conversation. So it actually it wasn't amongst the books, but it was in what purports to be my reading pile. So there you go. So at some point recently, I've obviously had the intention, maybe after we talked about um, System Shock, I've obviously intended to read it, but I haven't got there. Oh, well, not to worry. Hmm. Did you? Is that one that you enjoy? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, pretty much, if it's got the name Justin Richards on it, I'm going to love it because I'm a big fan of his work. Yeah, always very solid. Next, we have Storm Harvest, another Seventh Doctor and Ace story with Mike Tucker and Robert Perry as the writers. And this is the one that introduces the Krill, who we would later meet in Big Finish story, Dust Breeding. Dust Breeding is phenomenal. Cheapest chips on the Big Finish website. Well, not the Big Finish podcast, but you should check it out. It's fantastic. You really should. Dust Breeding is amazing. Yeah, I love the fact that for this cover, Mike obviously was a model maker and, and helped make creatures for the TV show and props and stuff. And he went to the trouble of creating the krill, which they used in the cover of this story. I think it's a brilliant yeah. idea and really nicely yeah. done. Because they have abandoned by this point, um, they've abandoned the sort of spiral twisty covers by now. I mean, the Hollow Men has got an illustration of the, the, the Scarecrow on the cover, but by the time you get to Zeta Major's still doing it, Dreams of Empire, that's not really doing the spiral thing anymore. It's gone by the time of Matrix. So yeah, it's completely gone. And it's interesting, actually, the photo, I noticed the, the photograph of the Doctor on the cover. That's a photograph of Sylvester McCoy taken at the time he recorded the, the Hartnell Years video. 
<laughs> you can see the scrapes on his umbrella. Good grief. I'm so glad Tom isn't here because he would be condemning me for the sad man that I am for knowing that. Yeah. Anyway, shall we move on? Shall we move on swiftly? Yes. Next up, we've got another Steve Lyons book. We've got The Final Sanction, which has got Jamie and Zoe and the Salations again. And unlike the murder game, I don't actually remember too much about this one, I'm afraid to say. Looking along the books here, that's not one that I've got. So I've, I've got nothing to add to that one at all. What was it oh, called again? The Final Sanction. Final Sanction? No, yeah. doesn't ring in any... I don't, you can't even picture the cover. Next, we've got City at World's End by Christopher Bulis, the first Doctor story with wow, Susan, yes. Ian and Barbara. I remember the cover and that's me out. Yep, I've got this one. Nice sort of um, spaceships and things and planets and stuff. I own it, but I've never read it. I have a feeling it might have been one that I bought comparatively recently. I've said in the past, I'm a, I was a big fan of the Christopher Bulis books that I read, which is probably what influenced me to buy it. I, think. I probably was sure that I would have enjoyed it, but I haven't, I haven't read it. Oh, well. It's good, this. What's next? Next is Divided Loyalties by Gary Russell, a fifth Doctor story with Andrew uh -huh. and Tegan and the Celestial Toymaker. I remember this one very, very, very well mm. indeed. Yes, I remember this one causing a little bit of controversy is not the word, but it certainly, it certainly divided opinion. I remember a few people being not too convinced that the... It's basically is it, it's the Doctor as a young person on Gallifrey, isn't it, for part of it in the middle, yeah. I seem to remember a lot of people not being particularly impressed by that or thinking it worked very well. I haven't read it, so I can't comment. Yep, it's got the original. It's got the very first Doctor, William Hartnell, going off and he has adventures. And it's, I think it introduces the deck at a group of young Time Lords, which has got the character of the Master in it. It's got the Rani, who's known as Ushas. And of course, yeah. the, the, I think the meddling monks there, I could be wrong, and it's also right. got Vansell from the Big Finish Audios. Oh, really? Up. And uh, they go off and have adventures. But the thing that I most remember about this is the fact that there's some really nice character stuff as it's got the Doctor and the, the TARDIS crew. You know, they are falling out with each other, which they very much were on TV. Sort of, these were people who weren't really together by choice. And the thing sure. that I most remember is Tegan having a go at Adric for always wearing his space pyjamas and never changing out of them. <laughs> It's an interesting cover because it has a couple of playing cards where they've, they've, they've stuck in William Hartnell's face and Peter Davison's face, and that's quite interesting. I mean, it's obviously a picture of Michael Goff. It's quite pleasant. I have, but I say, it's not one that I did. I don't know when I bought this one. I've got a feeling that, oh, I've just noticed the toy robot in the back. That's nice. I have a feeling this might have been one that I acquired more recently. I remember my friend Tony Nixon, who I've mentioned a few times. I have no idea if he listens, actually. Hello, Tones, in case you are listening. Um, what are you doing in my house? That's a, that's a joke. But I remember Tony being a little bit down on it. So we should, we should probably move on to the next one. Yes, next one is Corpse Marker by Chris Boucher, ah, which has got Leela yeah. and it's got the robots of death. Carnell froze the images on the demonstration screen and lifted the light level in the room. He looked at the confident man in the crude suit of rough homespun, which proclaimed his wealth and aristocratic background, and he sighed inwardly. He would have preferred one of the others, one of the less obviously stupid. He would get as much intellectual rigour from one of the dozen or so humanoid machines which waited unmoving and unnoticed to fetch and carry for this secret gathering. He made a mental note to ensure the robots were sent for routine service. He didn't want any of this accidentally retained and accessed. 
I don't believe it. I'm sorry, the young man repeated. You've never been sorry in your life, you inbred halfwit, Carnell thought and said. Perhaps you could be more specific, First Master wrote, sir. It could not have happened like that. It was a statement of fact, or rather, it was a statement of opinion by a man who was too privileged to have to tell the difference. Carnell knew it was pointless to challenge such a person, especially in present company, but already he was bored. This could have been a mildly interesting game if it weren't for these small-minded fools and their limited desires. Now, the thing that I most remember about this is it's got a character from Blake 7 in it. I can't remember who it is, but there's a character who features in one of the Blake 7 episodes and it sort of pulls the two universes together. Well, that's a lovely idea. I have a copy of Corpse Marker. I have the original BBC and I have the reprint from a few years ago when the BBC reprinted a, little, a few of them in the sort of the monster sort of selection. So I have it twice, but again, I haven't read it. Yeah. Oh, well. I think it's got the character, I think the, he's called Cornell, who right. appeared in... Yes, he's in Weapon. That's it, Weapon. And okay. he's... Um, it's all in there somewhere. And he features in this. And that's pretty much all that I remember about it. And part of the okay. fact it's got a gorgeous cover because I love Robots of Death. Right, so what's next after Corpse Marker? The next one we have is... A third Doctor story, it's Last of the Gadarene, which is by Mark ah. Gatiss, which has got the classic unit lineup with Joe the Brigadier, Yates, Benton, and the Master. And it's an absolute beauty. It's got the third Doctor flying in a spitfire. Yes. Character in a, I remember I've read there's a character called Alex Whistler, which just think that's such a sort of Pertwee era kind of name. Uh, who's that? I think he's a former RAF World War II pilot. And, yeah, I, I really I remember enjoying this one. I don't remember the precise details and the ins and outs, but I remember reading it and having a big smile on my face. Yes, I, I read this one. I'm, I'm now realising that there must have been a point sort of in the, the late 90s and the 2000s when I was paying a bit more attention to these books and I remember paying attention. But things I would have to I would have to check and see what eight Doctor books were coming out at roughly the same time, just so I could um, I could I may be able to map it out because I, I have clear memories of when I was reading some of the. This is obviously I don't know if you can see Kenny. This is this was this is lurking in the pages. This is my bookmark. Oh hello, is that clear from steps? <laughs> it's a little sheet. Yeah, it's a little sheet of stickers with with the steps two thousand at the top, and there's a picture of Claire, and a couple of other ones are missing. So I'm guessing they were probably stuck onto my locker at HMV at one point. I saw Steps three times back in the day. I saw them Christmas 99, Christmas 2000, and Christmas 2001. And I remember, I think the one in the middle was the one that was the most of a Christmas show. Absolutely joyous. Steps are amazing. But I really enjoyed, yeah, I have a memory of really getting the fact that um, this was Mark Gatiss' sort of love letter to the, the John Z. Pertwee era. Of course, if they'd done it on television, John Z would have flown the Spitfire. Of course he would. I would have been disappointed if he hadn't. I don't remember too much about it, but I remember liking that bit um, and just sort of thinking it was as about as traditional as you could probably get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here's how it sounds like, because here's a little bit of oh, good. of it being read by Captain Yates himself, Richard Franklin. Awesome. Joe Grant gave a little yelp as a dark shadow passed in front of her. She had expected to remain undisturbed, 
stretched out on a gaudily patterned sun lounger up on the flat roof of one of Unit HQ's outbuildings and trying desperately to top up her tan. Her week's leave had been depressingly short of sunshine, and she'd spent most of it reading three-day-old newspapers eulogising Britain's record heatwave. Small and very pretty, Joe pushed large, round, green-tinted sunglasses onto her forehead, shaded her eyes and squinted. A man was looming over her, a solid black silhouette against the glaring disk of the sun. Self-consciously, Joe's hands fluttered to her chest to cover up the skimpy pink bikini she was wearing. Sorry, miss, said a familiar voice. Didn't mean to startle you. Joe heaved a relieved sigh. Oh, it's you, Sergeant Benton, she said, flashing a winning smile. Thank goodness for that. Who were you expecting? said Benton, moving to her side, his big, good-humoured face creased into a frown. No one, said Joe. No one special. It's just you never can tell what might be lurking around here. Thanks very much, laughed Benton with mock indignation. I'm not sure I like being thought of as a lurker. Ah, there we go. That's that's how you do third doctor stories. Next. Was that one on I'm trying to think if that one was reprinted. Yes, it was, because it's this I think this one's I can see it now. It's re, it was reprinted in the, the 50th anniversary range. Yeah. I can see it there on the on the shelf next to next to Festival of Death. Mm-hmm. Um righty. Yep. So what's after Last of the Gathering? Is the next one is Tomb of Valdemar, which is a fourth Doctor story by Simon Messigam and features the first Romana. Now, I remember really struggling with this one. And I can't remember why, but I didn't really enjoy it. But everybody else raved about it and thought it was right. great. And I don't know if it was just me, but I cannot hmm. remember much more than that. I just remember not enjoying it and found it a bit of a slog. Yeah. It's not. It's one that I do not have, so I can I can offer nothing at this, at this point, I'm afraid. Okay. Oh, well. Next, we have another third Doctor story. It's Verdigris or Verdigree by Paul Mars. Ah. And it's got Joe, the Brigadier, Yates, Benton, the Master, Iris Wildtime, and her companion, Tom. This one. No. Have you read this one for a spoiler? I, it? No, no, here's an interesting thing, right? I've, I have a copy, and my bookmark is a single ticket from, from where I live in Glasgow to Glasgow Central Station, and it's dated the 5th of June, 2011. So, for whatever reason, I had attempted to read it, but I have stalled at page 106. That's as far as I got. I seem to remember, there's a really, I remember Tony, when the book came out, my aforementioned friend Tony Nixon, Tony telling me that he was very amused by the master stealing someone's chips. Someone turns around and the the master has stolen his chips, and it's the the height of the master's evil. (laughs) He steals someone's chips because he's that much of an evil beep what was the spoiler you were alluding well, to the spoiler then? is and listeners skip forward by 30 seconds if you don't want to know the spoiler is that <laughs> the master isn't actually the master he's an alien called verdigree and uh, which is of course the term for bronze when it goes green and there's it's a big spoiler and it's got iris wild time in it in her pre-katie manning days and um i, have to admit, I found right. her quite hard to warm to in this one because she doesn't quite have the warmth that Katie Manning brings to the part. So but I I I, str- right. I did struggle this one. Obviously, I came to like the character when when I had a voice to put to her. But in this one, she's a bit sure. more wacky old lady. I see. I see. No, um, maybe I'll finish it one day. Who can say? That's yeah. quite a, that's quite a damn 
just pretend I never said that spoiler bit. Yeah, I got as far as page 106. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> At least I got eight pages more than I did with Matrix, so that's not True. bad. Right, what's, um, what's the next one? Next, we have Grave Matter by Justin Richards, which is a sixth Doctor tale with Perry. Now, I remember this one, my cover of it, I actually bought it and came home and realised that somebody had used scissors and the cover has got a slight cut in it at the bottom right-hand oh. corner, which I'm shocked yes. at. I'm surprised that I took it home in that condition, but there we go. Uh, what do you remember about it? There's something to do with graves and something in graves on an, maybe perhaps on an island in the south coast of England, maybe the Isle of Wight. I don't know, but I just right. I just remember really enjoying it. I see. Well, it's one that it's one that I don't have, so I can I can contribute nothing at this time. What's next? Next is Heart of Tardis by Dave Stone, which is a second and ah. fourth Doctor novel with Jimmy Victoria, no. Romana One, K9, the Brigadier, and Benton. I have a lot to say about this one. I remember this one very well. When when was this one published? This one 2000? came out in June 2000. Yeah, this was around about the time I was in the process of buying my first, my, well, my only flat. Now, I, I remember, because it's written by Dave Stone, who wrote one of my favourite um, of the new adventures, Sky Pirates. He also wrote The Fantastic Death and Diplomacy. So on paper, I've got a lot of time for Dave Stone, but I remember reading this one and thinking that... Um, he doesn't have a very good handle on, on the second Doctor, and I think he actually admitted as much that he'd never actually seen a second Doctor story, and he asked some of his pals what the second Doctor was like, and they told him what they thought the second Doctor was like, and he kind of wrote it from that. That's not the way to do it. Is, is, that, is that something you'd heard? Was that something you were aware of? I hadn't you heard that, old, but I just remember old. feeling that the second Doctor didn't feel right. That would make sense. Yes. The other thing that I remember about it was um, it's a very good story for, for Tom and Romana, the fourth Doctor Romana, because they basically, it kind of, it's, it's unit are in it as well, aren't they? Yes. And it's, yeah, because it's basically like, as far as the fourth Doctor is concerned, it's, the next, it's, you know, contemporary to the fourth Doctor's timeline and he meets unit as they would be at that point in the 70s. And there's lots of jokes where they're basically the professionals. I think, I can't remember, there's a couple of guys who, I can't remember if it's unit guys or as a couple of guys who are obviously based on the professionals, and there's a whole town of characters that are obviously based on people from The Simpsons. I read this book once a little over 20 years ago, and quite a lot of it stuck in my head because I remember reading it going, this is nonsense, but not, not necessarily good nonsense, I have to say. But yeah, I do remember reading this one. Do you remember all that stuff about the professionals? No. Like kind of, you know, characters that were, no, there was a couple of characters that they were obviously, you know, a Mickey take on like Martin Shaw and, and Lewis Collins' character. Odie and Doyle. And I say that yeah, as I say, and I say that somebody's never actually properly ever seen a full episode of the, the professionals, but it was so obvious that that's what they were doing. So anyway, right, if that's Heart of Tardis, what's next? Next one is Primetime by Mike Tucker, a Seventh Doctor novel, which has also got the master. Now, I remember a few things about this, that right. it's set on a planet called Blinney-Gar. And of course it is. there's another creature, which I think Mike made a mask of, for the cover and photographs, and they are the flesh smiths whose job it is to build a new body for the master. It's not one that I've read, but I do remember the cover, sort of white and red sort of cover, am I right? Something like that, yeah. Lots of red. Yeah, I remember the cover, but I haven't read it. So, yeah, I'll say all that other stuff when we get to the next Seventh Doctor book then. Next, we have book number 33, which is Imperial Moon by Christopher Bulis, a Fifth Doctor and Turlow novel with Chameleon. 
Now, this is my favourite Chris Bulis novel because I think it's such a brilliant idea. It's got Victorians going to the moon using Jules Verne-like technology. And I right. remember loving this and thinking it's very... It, was, it knew it was ridiculous. You've got your Queen Victoria having a space programme and the whole notion uh, of it. I think there was a lot of humour to it as well. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I think Turlow was quite well defined. I don't remember Chameleon doing too much, but I remember thinking, yeah, this is a good story for Turlow and yeah. there's a romantic interest in it as well. Cool. It's not one that I've, not one that I, I don't have that one. It's not one I've read. So uh, again, sadly, I can't add anything. Right, what's, um, what's the next one? The next one is Jonathan Morris's writing debut with ah. Festival of Death. Right, now, I'll just get out of this way. I haven't read it. I own the reprint from the 50th anniversary. I think by the time, I think possibly Heart Retarders maybe put me off again, or I got as far as I'd got with my attempt to, to, to join back in with the Eighth Doctor books. So I was definitely drifting away at this point. I remember a, very, a lot of very positive buzz about Festival of Death because this, I'm right in thinking this is the one that has multiple versions of the Fourth Doctor also yep. taken part. It is one that I really, really do want to read. <laughs> I, I will. It is, it's been on the list for a long time. I should really get to it. I would recommend it. I consumed this one very quickly because it's very much, it's my favourite TARDIS team with Fourth Doctor and Romana in her second yeah. incarnation and, cool. and, and K9 as well. And it's Johnny is such a fan of this era. It comes across mm. and it's very cleverly mm -hmm. plotted. It feels like Douglas Adams and I love it to bits. Yeah, he did, um, what was it called? Babble Sphere for the, um, yes. the 50th anniversary, big finish, sort of monthly sort of thing when they were doing, it was a Destiny of the Doctors, I think it was called Destiny of the Doctor. And yeah. his story for that, that his again another one. It was very Douglas Adams. He was absolutely excellent. I have no excuse. I probably should go on with it. Right. So what's next after Festival of Death? The next one is Independence Day by Peter Darvel Evans, who was of course the range editor oh, on the Virgin books. This is a Seventh yeah. Doctor story with Ace, but it's also got the Second Doctor and Jamie in it. And I remember absolutely zilch about it. I haven't read it. That's terrible. I was a big fan of Peter Darrell Evans. A big, I loved his work, what he did with the, the books back in the day. I feel bad. I feel like I've been, that makes me feel like I've been a bad friend and been very disloyal. That's awful. Nope, I don't know that one. Um, what was it called? Independence Day. Independence Day, yeah. Right. I mean, I might investigate that then. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Right. So what's next after next that? Next is The King of Terror by Keith Topping, which is a fifth Doctor oh. Tegan and Turlow book with the bridge. I have that. And right, I, don't, wow. I don't remember much about this. I, am I thinking music festival or something like that? I could be completely wrong, but I'm not recalling anything whatsoever beyond that. I'm just, no, yeah. Tegan meets a pop star. I've just done a quick search and Tegan meets right. a pop star and that's about it. Yeah, because it's got, this, it's got the Hollywood sign on the cover. Well, interesting enough, my, my copy, which I have now, has £1.50 in pencil written on the inside, inside front page. It's obviously one that I bought secondhand at some point. I've no idea when, possibly in a bundle quite recently. Let's put it on the shelf so I can't add anything at this time. I sound like um I sound like I'm that guy in the Monty Python election night sketch. <laughs> I can't mm. add anything to that. Colin, what's next after the of after this that is, one? This is well, this is our final one for just now. Ah, it's the Quantum Archangel, written by Craig Hinton, right. which has got the sixth doctor and Mel, but it's also got an alternate third doctor, the master, the Rani. Drax and the meddling monk. Oh my goodness. Now, I remember, I'm sure we've talked about this before on the podcast. I remember very clearly a review of this at the time of this one. I don't know if it was in DWM or 
DWB or whatever Dreamwatch had become by that point. I'm not sure if I'd done so. Maybe it was still DWB. And it sort of said, um, it talked about Craig Hinton's preoccupation with sticking continuity references in. And it basically said, you could basically pick up this book at any page, flick it open, and you would be able to find the Doctor Who continuity reference. Now, I remember us talking about this in the pub. I don't know if you remember this, Kenny, because I'm sure you were there. I do remember one, it. Um, one, one night, one meeting for the, the Glasgow Doctor Who Society in the, the, the Cask and Still on, um, on Hope Street. I was talking about this, you know, this sort of, there's a continuity reference on every, on every page. And I went, well, we have to check it then. So me and Dave McNay went from the pub round to Borders, which is the American bookshop that was still open in Buchanan Street at that point. And I bought a copy of this book, which still I'm showing Kenny now. Still has the board. There we go. Sticker Amazing. The I'll stick that on the socials, listeners, so you can have a look. And I remember going to buy this book so we could play the game of flicking it open and selecting a page at random and looking for a continuity reference. Dave, let's play that yeah. very game right now. How many pages <laughs> does this book have? That's a great idea. Right. Okay. Um, so, do you want to do you want to think of a number? Okay. How many pages does the book have? So I know what I'm going up to. Uh, 284 pages. Right, okay. Let's go with 69. 69, dudes! If you guys really ask, wasn't that right? It's very short. It's not, it's not the best page, Ken, and I don't have my reading glasses. Um, ba, 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 da, ba, da, ba, da. Um, um, well, it does feature someone called Stuart um, talking about chronovores. So that's obviously a reference that's to the a from the time monster <laughs> we've right, done it do there we go one? okay dave should you pick one? one um do you have your copy there yeah i don't sadly it's in the loft right okay right i will flick and stop and i'm going to say page 148 let's have a look um the doctor ripped the ridge of the console blah 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 um now he's talking about chloris in the eye of harmony <laughs> <laughs> right it's ridiculous the creature of the pet, that right, and then oh my on, and there's Melanie mentioned the master's TARDIS. Yep, there we go. Right, one so, more, Dave. I've asked my friend um, and to pick a number. Uh, hello, Becca, who's one of our listeners. Becca has yep. asked a particular page 197, please. 197, right. 197, right. Um, <laughs> structure, entropy, justice, equilibrium. Dreams and life. So that's um. There's a mention to the key to time as well. Yeah. Um, right. So. Yep. That one. <laughs> the game still works. Listeners, that's feel it. free to join in at home. Yeah, listeners. Um, we might. We're going to do. We're doing because there are so many of these books. We're doing it in two chunks. We're doing it in two episodes. Depending when we release episode, record episode two. You know, if you have a favorite, if you have a page number you'd like to suggest from Quantum Archangel. Let us know on the social medias and we'll have a flick through and see if we can find a continuity reference. <laughs> yep. And talking of listeners, Dave, I did ask, as usual, on Twitter, yes. <clears throat> our listeners, if they would like to name some of their favourite previous Doctor adventures. Awesome. Gaz Crawford Comley, who is at MadGas2002, said, I really enjoyed the Hollow Men and Mission Impractical. Loved the Salations too. Joshua Duffy says Fear of the Dark was brilliant. Clockwork Squirrel, who is at your ultimate foe, no, that's chocolate, said I do have a complete set. Haven't read anywhere near all of them, but so far, The Witch Hunters, Fear of the Dark, The Algebra Vice, that's not one, is it? Drift and Illegal Alien are my favourites. Kelly, who is at Who Teaches Who, said I do have a complete set. 
that was a Covid summer project. I do have a complete set. That was a Covid summer project. I've been reading them pretty regularly throughout. I've loved all the ones I've read so far. Hard to pick a favourite. Probably the Players Trilogy, OK1 is EDA, Vessel of Death and Illegal Alien. Scratch Kez, who is, as Kez Scratch said, Relative Dementias. It's an interesting story with a very familiar backdrop. Matthew Vernon, at Matthew Vernon 3, said, Business unusual. I think Mel's character deserves it. Read it after the wrong Doctor's audio, and you have such a strong base for knowing who Mel is and where she's from. Jim Sangster at Monster underscore Maker. Hello, Jim. For those who don't know, Jim did some work on early Big Finish covers, creating the imp for the Spectre of the Lanyon Moor cover. He says, The Witch Hunters is the best of them. It's the plotters of BBC Books. Doctor Who cover story says, The Murder Game, The Final Sanction, Festival of Death and Heritage were my faves. I don't have a full set as there were so many of them. John Porter agreed, yes, Festival of Death is a good one. Sadly, my 50th anniversary copy doesn't have the added bonus of the skull in the cover. Zoe's Feather Boa 5K agrees, I'd agree. With Festival of Death, deserved an audio adaptation. John Porter suggested then, Lala Ward is the reader, or maybe John Culshaw or Dan Starkey. Zoe's Feather Boa pointed out, I mean a full production with Tom and Lana, and presumably John. John Porter, ah, an audio adaptation. Shame a big finish brought them to an end. Zoe's Feather Boa agreed. Festival was one of those rare books where you felt like it had been on TV originally. John Porter concluded this wee discussion by saying, the same with The Last of the Gadarene. Both invoke the era so well. The only thing wrong with them is that there will never be a DVD or Blu-ray release. Which is very, very true, actually. David Gregory Morton said, has to be players. It was the first BBC book I read and it was wonderful and amazing. Dewey Evans, who is at Wonderwell, said there's lots of great stuff, but it has to be Steve Lyons's The Witch Hunters, one of the best novels about history I've ever read, who related or otherwise. Paul Smy, who is at 1978 Smyster, I do have a complete set of the PDAs. Some classics are The Witch Hunters, The Murder Game, Matrix. My top two are Festival of Death and Fear of the Dark. Catherine, who is at Girl with a Gun, Mike said, agree, Festival of Death and Fear of the Dark are great. Recently enjoyed Deep Blue, really like that one. I read The Shadow in the Glass years ago and remember it being good. Chris Vope, who is at Chris Vope 1. The Witch Hunters is sublime, beautifully written and just a great piece of writing, Doctor Who aside. The Time Travellers is a very clever, engaging piece. Should have been the last book in the series. Illegal Alien and Loving the Alien show how Seven stroke Ace deserve to be written. I don't know what Seven is, but I would imagine that the Seventh Doctor and Ace deserve to be written like that. Here's one from Chris Dale, he said... I had a fair chunk of them, which I foolishly got rid of when the Kindles came along. No! Thinking they'd be made available on there. So slowly buying some of them back on eBay, as and when. Would love to have a complete set one day. A bit envious, pics of people's pristine collections. Mine are in the loft. Don't worry, Chris, I want to post a picture here. You're all right. John Porter is back. He says, God bless you, no to a complete set. But face of the enemy, illegal alien and loving the alien stick out for me. And I know they're virgin PDAs, but the BBC did reprint Sands of Time. Audiobook, please. And Scales of Injustice. And John, who's our last tweet, says, Forgive me, for I have left one very important one off the list. The Mark Gatiss classic, Last of the Gadarene, evokes the era so well, I keep wondering when the Blu-ray is coming out. Fabulous book. Mine's hidden as it's signed. So, Dave, that's the end of our first half of our look at the past Doctor adventures from the BBC books. I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially playing the Quantum Archangel game, which I think we should also have another round of in the next episode. Yes, I, mean, I think we'll start that off. I think actually that'd be a lot of fun. No, it's been good. Not quite as many really strong memories sort of seeded in my brain as the perhaps the missing and new adventures, but definitely a few, definitely a few sort of um, 
things coming back. As I say, the, the Hollow Men in particular has sparked a few memories. And as I say, remembering up to visit my wee sister and remember remembering scoffing at Heart of Tardis. So yeah, yeah not bad. But it's definitely made me want to read to attempt to read a few more of the ones that I've got that I haven't read. Yeah, you can pick them up at, uh, and there's, there's those adverts in DWM every month, but annoyingly, I remember there was a bargain books or a, a discounted bookshop in Gretna once upon a time, and they had tons of BBC books going cheap. And I think they were like a quid each. This is probably about 2003, wow. 2004. So right. if I can find my TARDIS, I'll pop back, text Good me the ones you need, and I'll go and get them for you. Excellent. That'd be great, matey. I'll work that out for you just now. Awesome. <laughs> of course, Dave, with it's just being the two of us in this power of two, we need some mm. music to sign us out, don't we? We do. There was one of the books there. But, um, Joe, shall we play out with Deeper Shade of Blue by Steps? I think so. You can't, we can't not. <laughs> Listeners, thanks for joining us. We'll be back very soon. And we hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we have, because I've had a blast. Yep. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. And here we are with the Fab Five to play us out. Yeah, I'm the deeper shade of blue.